Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about opening our eyes to a new view of life. I hope you're having a great new year. I'm so optimistic about this new year, and I hope you are as well. I believe there are new and wonderful things waiting for you and me this year. And I'm confident that if you can open your eyes to what those opportunities might be, you'll find your purpose in life, in your business, and in your family. As Brad Paisley said, tomorrow is the first blank page of a 365-page book. Write a good one. Will this year be a new chapter or verse in your story, or will it be the same old story? Ultimately, we get to choose how our story will be written. Yep, the choice is ours. And I hope that this year is filled with good choices and grace for you and your family. Now, those choices depend a lot on our view. And the goal of this podcast is to help you and me open our eyes a bit more to who we are and what we can become. So. I hope today that we can do exactly that. And when we're done, please send the link to this podcast to a friend. They may need what you learn here today. Today, I'd like to talk about the answer to a very important question. And here's that question. What are you looking for? Eugene was born on August 19, 1921, in his parents' rented home in El Paso, Texas. He was the oldest child of a police officer. His family would soon move to Los Angeles, where his father took up a police commission there. Eugene was an avid reader, and he loved adventure and science fiction like John Carter of Mars and Skylark. In college, Gene majored in police science, but he obtained his pilot's license and enlisted in the Air Force during World War II. One flight that Eugene was piloting in 1943 crashed not far from the runway. And this launched Eugene into a new military career as a crash investigator. And that was extremely helpful because in 1947, while flying for Pan American Airways, Gene's plane crashed in the Syrian desert. Fourteen people died in the crash, and this had a huge impact on him. As a result, one year later, he retired from flying. And the question was, what was he going to do now? He didn't know what he was looking for. Up until this time in his life, his life had been somewhat scripted for him. Police, Air Force, professional pilot. But now he didn't know what he was looking for. And I think this happens to us now and then. We've been marching along to a certain drum in life, doing what we thought we should or ought to do, and then things change. Or we're just marching along without too much thought, and we come to realize, I don't really know what I'm looking for. Do you know what you are looking for? Do you feel at times that there's something missing or something waiting for you to do or become, but you're somewhat unsure what or when or even how you should be looking for it? Well, Gene felt the same. When he returned to Los Angeles, he applied for a position with the police department because that was what he knew. But he just didn't feel like it was his calling. So 16 months later, he transferred to the communications office and discovered He loved to write. Soon, he became a speechwriter for the chief of police. And as he worked on his writing skills, he soon realized that he was extremely talented. It was as if the books and stories that he had read as a boy stirred inside him, and he felt like he had stories just waiting to burst forth. 
At the LAPD, he became the liaison for a Hollywood TV series called Dragnet. And as he advised and interacted on that show, he started to take actual crime cases, boil them down to short screen treatments, and give those to the staff of writers on the show. He became quite famous at selling scripts for TV crime shows, writing for Mr. District Attorney, Highway Patrol, and other TV shows. Finally, in 1956, he was finding it difficult to be a policeman and a writer, so he resigned as a police officer so he could pursue his writing in earnest. He believed he had found what he was to do. Now he was looking for that script or screenplay that would be his big break. Five years into his writing career, he now had another idea. The movie Master of the World, starring Vincent Price and Charles Bronson, had been released with great success. And the movie was about a crew that lived aboard an airship exploring the Earth. This was what he had been looking for. Rather than a ship exploring the Earth, what about a ship exploring the universe? And Gene Rodenberry's idea for Star Trek was born. Gene took the idea to CBS, who turned him down then to NBC, and after several pilot episodes, NBC purchased the rights to Star Trek. Well, the first season was a struggle, and after the second season, the show was canceled. But something had happened over the first two seasons. The youth of California, in particular, had fallen in love with Star Trek. And when they heard it was canceled, a thousand students from 20 local schools marched on NBC Studios. Additionally, the studio received about 6,000 letters a week from fans petitioning to renew the series. And it worked. Star Trek came back for a third year. And from there, over 1,000 television shows of Star Trek, or one of its variants, have been produced. The Star Trek movies combined have made over a billion dollars, including Star Trek Into Darkness, which was released in 2016 and made $230 million at the box office. Star Trek spent over 1,000 shows trying to find what the characters in the show were looking for, to discover the mysteries of the universe, but really to discover most about themselves. And Spock wisely said, it is the lot of man to strive no matter how content he is. Now this leads us back to our question. Just like Gene Roddenberry found what he was looking for, what are you looking for? It's important to answer this question as you face a new year. What are you seeking? What do you hope to find? And if we're all on this quest, so to speak, to find our undiscovered country, our talent, or our purpose, then how can we best find what it is that we are to bring to this world and to be to the people around us? Well, First, let's take a cue from Captain James T. Kirk, who said the purpose of the Enterprise was to boldly go where no man has gone before. We, too, have to go boldly forward. As they say, out with the old and in with the bold. And perhaps that's what we should write on our goal board this year. Out with the old and in with the bold. It's interesting to note that the origin of the saying, boldly go where no man has gone before, actually came from an advertisement written to garner support for the U.S. National Space Program. And this was to encourage people to turn their interests from the surface of the Earth to the expanse of outer space. And the writers on Star Trek stole the quote from NASA. 
Conversely, NASA stole something from Star Trek as well. The first space shuttle was appropriately named the Enterprise. And interestingly, in 1992, after his death and cremation, Gene Roddenberry's ashes were flown into space on the space shuttle Columbia, taking part of Roddenberry into the great unknown. To find what we are looking for does require we get bold and go where we might not otherwise go. Doors are open for those who are bold enough to knock. For example, to build your business in a way that you and your team can transform to become more than you thought possible will require a bold step forward in how you find new customers, use technology, adapt your talents, and work towards a common goal. To be the uncommon parent you wish to be may require we take our children to places they might not otherwise go to help them experience what it takes to be bold. As the writer said, be bold and mighty power will come to your aid. Not long ago, on a winter day, my wife and I traveled to Zions National Park. Last year, Zions National Park had over 5 million visitors, an incredible number of hikers and seekers come to the park to hike and go to places out of the ordinary. Well, we went to Zions to climb Angel's Landing. Now, if you can secure a permit, which we did, you can hike to the top of Angel's Landing, which is a narrow rock formation, which is 1,760 feet high from the valley floor. Angel's Landing at its narrowest point is only a few feet wide and at its widest, several hundred feet. But the last half a mile is extremely narrow and the park has installed chains for climbers to grasp as they ascend the steepest and narrowest sections along the ridge. Well, it didn't help that day that on the shuttle bus to the trailhead, I read that 17 people have died from the fall while hiking Angel's Landing. And this obviously doesn't include the number of falls that just resulted in injury rather than death. The most recent death was Jason Hartwell, 43, from Draper, Utah. His body was found at the base of the peak. And the search for him had begun because other climbers reported seeing him fall. In 2019, a 19-year-old hiker, Savannah, from Maine, was also found after falling from the summit of Angel's Landing. Savannah was employed at Zions and was hiking with two co-workers late in the afternoon when her two co-workers frantically notified park authorities that she had fallen. An investigation found that the conditions were icy and she slipped while climbing and slid off the edge, falling 1,700 feet to her death. Well, after reading these accounts, we weren't quite sure about our climb. Nevertheless, we set out to climb Angel's Landing on an icy December day. After several miles of hiking, we reached the latter part of the hike, in which you traverse along the narrow ridge, climbing up a steep terrain over a half a mile to reach the summit. So we put on our spikes to grip in the ice, and started to ascend. Now at this point in the climb, it looks really treacherous. And as we started, there were about a dozen or so people waiting for their spouse or friend. They had looked at the climb and decided it wasn't worth risking their life to attempt. After all, 17 people have died trying. Well, the wind was blowing and it was cold and cloudy. And I had to stop and ask myself, was it worth the climb? What exactly was I looking for that day that caused me to want to take this risk? Well, we started up the rocks, climbing and trying not to look down. 
At one point on a slanted ledge leading off the cliff, I slipped and my feet went out from under me, but I held on to the handhold, the chains, with my hand. And several times I asked myself, why am I doing this? When we stood on top of the mountain, I could understand why they called it Angel's Landing. Because it was just a small landing protruding into the sky where angels may be flying by. Well, after we made the difficult journey down, we looked back up at what we had done, and I knew what I was looking for. I was looking to stand with angels. I was looking to be bold. I was looking to succeed in a challenge or two in life, and I had just succeeded at one. Well, the same goes for you. Sometimes you need to boldly go where you otherwise wouldn't to really find what you're looking for, to find you. You know, William Shatner, the star who played Captain Kirk of the Starship Enterprise, said that long before Gene Roddenberry cast him in the role of Captain Kirk, he was looking for something, for understanding, for his purpose in life. Shatner says that he learned a lesson about boldly going where you haven't been before when he was 19 years old. It was when he went swimming with sharks. He was invited to be a guest on a show called Shark Week. And after accepting the offer, he found himself on a boat ready to go into the water with 15-foot tiger sharks. Now, tiger sharks are responsible for a large share of fatal shark bite incidents and are one of the most dangerous shark species alive. The dive organizers put Shatner in a wetsuit with scuba gear. Then they started to put chum in the water. And immediately, tiger sharks appeared. He didn't want to get in. But he dropped into the water. And when he did, he saw there were four massive tiger sharks right in front of him. But with Shatner was Christina Zanotto, the shark whisperer, a world-renowned shark expert. And she could turn a shark upside down and stroke its belly, causing it to lapse into a hypnotic sleep. Well, Christina turned a massive tiger shark belly up, put the shark in front of Shatner, and there he started petting the shark. He said that it was an incredibly frightening, wonderful experience. He said it had a profound effect on him. And it was then that he started more boldly looking for who he was to strive to find answers to prosper along the way, yes, but to begin his search for the unknown. And the same goes for you and me. In the course of learning what you're looking for, stepping boldly forward can and often does make all the difference. So what does this look like for you in this upcoming year? Here's a few suggestions in your life or business or family. Hesitate less. Go to that event, make the phone call, extend yourself, and swallow your pride. And you may not think of swallowing your pride as a bold move, but it may be the boldest move of all. I know in my life, taking the unexpected path has a lot to do with swallowing my pride and doing something that may be less noticeable to discover something more valuable. Next, do something unexpected. Maybe it's dance lessons or learning to snowboard. Maybe it's learning a second language or making a business invitation you might not otherwise make. In your business, make that approach that is unexpected. In your family, perhaps it's time to swallow your pride or be vulnerable. Being bold in your business may mean you need to say no. No to the status quo or to doing the same things of the past. Boldly going where you haven't been before may require, yes, you say no. 
Now, what else can you do to find what you're looking for? Well, that answer comes from Captain Jean-Luc Picard of Star Trek The Next Generation when he said, There is a way out of every box, a solution to every puzzle. It's just a matter of finding it. You see, too often we want solutions to come easy. We want the easy answer, the clear road to run on, and the immediate rescue. But to find what you're looking for means you may have to stick with what you're doing with eyes wide open for a while. James, a construction worker from Valley, Alabama, was excited when he and 17 members of his extended family boarded a Carnival cruise ship in New Orleans on November 23rd. They were planning to spend quality time together for a week on the cruise ship. Well, on the first night, he had a few drinks, and he told his sister he was going to find a bathroom. And the next thing he knew, he woke up in the ocean. The cruise ship was moving out of sight, and all of a sudden he realized he was stuck at sea alone with no life jacket or way of staying afloat. He had no way to call for help, and he didn't remember at all how he fell into the water. He just knew that was where he was. Well, the next morning, James's sister reported him missing, and immediately Carnival Cruise Line searched the ship and then notified the U.S. Coast Guard. Well, by this time, Grimes had already been in the water for hours. Now, he said he made up his mind to survive, to see his daughter again, and that would mean treading water in the ocean for hours and hours. Well, during those 20 hours at sea, James would encounter two swarms of jellyfish that stung him on his legs, arms, and neck. He spotted a shark about 15 away from him, swimming directly toward him, So he put his head underwater and opened his eyes in preparation to fight it off. And when he felt it, he kicked it, and the shark swam away and never came back. After a full day in the water, he was horribly sunburned. And as evening set in, he saw two boats and started swimming towards them. Soon he was spotted, and 15 minutes later, the Coast Guard was pulling him out of the water. He had taken off his clothes to make swimming easier. And when he was found, he was confused and disoriented and spent five days recovering in the ICU. But James remembers deciding that he was just going to keep swimming no matter what and to keep his eyes open for the next boat coming his way. He said to himself, you're alive for a reason. Keep swimming and someday you'll find out why that is. Well, the same goes for you and me. Sometimes we've got to swim for a bit, to tread water if necessary, to find out what we're looking for and why we're here. So if you are working, looking for something better or the right purpose for you in your life, don't give up while treading water. It's in the difficult that you just might find what you're looking for. You know, as a young man, my father would write notes of encouragement to me from time to time. When I was 19, I was trying to do something exceptional. I was living overseas. And it was a very difficult time for me because I was working hard with no immediate results. I told my father, I'm going to quit and give up. It was too much work for what seemed like very little return. And I was not seeing much, if any, result. Well, it took me a few weeks to find the courage to tell him this. I was afraid, you see, and a bit embarrassed. And in response, my father wrote me a note. And in that note, he included a quote from Og Mandino. It says, The rewards are great if one succeeds, 
but the rewards are so great because so few ever succeed. Too many succumb to despair and fail along the way without realizing they already possess all the talent necessary to reach success. This saying had a big impact on me. I memorized it, and it helped me open my eyes to what I could really do. And I realized through subsequent hard work, the purpose, the things I would learn would open up new doors in my life, that the skills I gained would benefit me for years to come. And I learned that we often have what it takes. We just need to swim a bit longer. You know, a few years ago, I was talking with a business owner who was in the thick of a lot of thin things. For years, she'd been going about her business and life doing the same thing without obvious progress. And as she faced the prospect of a new year and revisiting her goals, she was just weary and tired. And this weariness led her to the conclusion that nothing great would ever come her way, that she wouldn't find what she was looking for. Well, she was stuck, she was uninspired, and she saw other people who seemed to have breakthrough moments in their life who found their purpose, but she couldn't seem to break through to the type of person and type of business that she was capable of being and building. As we talked, I asked her if she could go back and start over, what she would do different. And she had a list of items that she quickly and eagerly listed. She said, I wouldn't have wasted so much time in this area or with this person, and I would have focused almost exclusively on this type of inviting or finding, and her list continued. And the more she talked, the more you could see she was prepared. She had so much knowledge and understanding as a result of her years of effort. And she knew personally and from experience what to do and what not to do. She was prepared like no other to rise and flourish in her business. She just needed to swim a bit longer. And I asked her, what's different today than when you started your business? And she said, well, the need for what I'm doing has grown and more people need what I can offer them. So the opportunity's there. So what's holding me back? She asked. And I said back to her, what do you think? She then said, my view. And she was right. Everything was waiting for her to switch her belief window to, I am prepared. I am ready for just a moment as this. And I can seize today and act with urgency. You know, recent research published in Neuroscience News shows that two people experience the same thing and have completely different memories or view of the experience. Why is that? Well, here's what the research said. Perception is strongly affected by what we've experienced in the past and our expectations of what we might experience in the future. In short, I believe you are being prepared to do great things. Experiences you've had, skills you've gained, and efforts you've made are not wasted. They've prepared you for this year, but your view, your perception can make all the difference. As Shakespeare wrote in Henry V, all things are ready if our mind be so. Perhaps your preparation is simply to have the right mindset to step boldly into your new goals, to the new opportunity before you or to renew your commitment to previous goals, chances are you are better prepared than you have ever been. Now, the great thing about preparation is that it removes doubt. Shakespeare also said our doubts are traitors and cause us to miss the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. 
And in my experience, we're often prepared, prepared exactly to take on an opportunity or contribute to a cause, but our doubts and habits prevent us from stepping up to put our preparation to work. So let your preparation, let your experience stir your confidence and let that confidence lead you to what you are looking for. Last, to find what you're looking for, get on the right team. I'm not sure I have a favorite professional baseball team, but if I did, it would have to be the Cincinnati Reds. Perhaps it's because we lived in Cincinnati when the Reds went to the World Series, and perhaps it's because of my favorite person in a Reds uniform, Teddy Creamer. Teddy was a lifelong diehard Reds fan. Now, Teddy's a 39-year-old man with Down syndrome, and Teddy was born in 1983, and when his parents learned that he had Down syndrome, They were also told that he wouldn't likely walk or talk. His parents, however, were encouraging every day. He went to speech and occupational therapy. He loved school. He was outgoing, and he was likely to talk to anyone. Most of all, Teddy was a Reds fan. He and his father would watch most of the Reds games on TV, and Teddy knew the players, their numbers, and what positions they played. Well, in March of 2012, at a local charity event, His father bid on an item in the auction, and the item was for Teddy to serve as bat boy at a Cincinnati Reds game. When the day of the big game came along, Teddy's mom told him, don't talk to the players and don't get in their way. But Teddy couldn't do that. When he saw Todd Frazier, a Reds all-star at the time, Teddy said, Todd, how have you been? Teddy was full of love and enthusiasm. And on that day, Soon, the entire dugout was full of a different kind of energy. Teddy was fist-bumping and encouraging the players, and they were following suit. It was just fun to watch. Every time Teddy ran onto the field to pick up a bat, he had a huge smile on his face. And a photographer snapped a picture of Teddy running back to the dugout with a smile on his face and the players smiling at Teddy. Well, that picture ran in the news with a headline, that the Reds had won because of their new bat boy. Well, it didn't stop there. Teddy was called back to the dugout to serve as bat boy again because they won, right, when Teddy was part of the team. Well, in that game, in the second inning, Todd Frazier struck out. And when he got back to the dugout, Teddy said to him, it's okay. But in the sixth inning, when Frazier was due up again, Teddy said to him, Todd, I love you. Todd said back to Teddy, I love you too, Teddy. Then Teddy said, hit a home run. Well, on the first pitch to Frazier, he indeed hit a home run. And when Frazier came around third base and headed to home, there waiting at home plate was Teddy. And the photographer snapped another world-winning photo with Teddy Creamer and Todd Frazier running off the field together. Well, Teddy would be hired by the Reds to work in the fan accommodation department and serve periodically as the team's bat boy. Teddy was even invited later to the State of the Union address in Washington, D.C. and met the president. In short, Teddy was just what the Cincinnati Reds were looking for, and the Reds were what Teddy was looking for. So the question is, are you the team member your team or family is looking for? Perhaps the bold move you need to make this year is to be a better team maker. 
for me this year, I want to discover more about what I'm meant to do and who I am meant to be. And much of that discovery happens on my team at work and my team at home. My goals are centered around my helping them discover who they can be. And I'm confident along the way, I'll learn a bit more about me as well. Perhaps you could consider doing the same. What are you looking for? Well, perhaps a new you in a new year with a new view, with a new purpose, will help you rise to who you are meant to become this year and in future years as well. Remember, be bold. Like Gene Roddenberry, say no to what is holding you back and step boldly into your new future. Like William Shatner, let your bold moves help you find your true role in life. Remember, there is a landing, an angel's landing, waiting for you to ascend, to learn, to grow, because you didn't hesitate to step up to your future. Hesitate less. Go to that event. Make the phone call. Extend yourself and swallow your pride. Do the unexpected. Like Teddy, be the teammate you can and should be and watch. You will find exactly what you are looking for this year. Most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become. 